Ignorance is the official language of Washington, D.C. I'm here to challenge you to a match. When it comes to standing up for the American people, I am ready to rumble. I think that we may need a wrestler in the White House. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Great American Bash. My name is Brandon Weatherby. My name is Chris Kelly. This is a podcast about the intersections of presidential politics and professional wrestling. The last few episodes, though, have been mostly about professional wrestling because unlike everything else in this world, uh, professional wrestling is the only thing that's moving forward. Uh, Everything else is in a, a state of the past or a state of the present, and we'll get to a state of all times and all beings and all matters later on the show, but WrestleMania 36 is in the can. It is the Monday after Mania. Uh, the Raw after Mania is currently on air. It's 8:12 p.m. at Eastern Conference Time, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I am not watching that because um, I'm not a regular viewer to Monday Night Raw ever since I had a kid. Uh, Chris, you haven't been a regular viewer to Monday Night Raw uh, since AEW became uh, part yeah, of your existence. Yeah, I don't watch the product. Yeah, but we do watch WrestleMania because it is the granddaddy of them all. It's also the only show in town. Uh, that's why it was too big for one night. It was two nights, April 5th and 6th, uh, and, or excuse me, the 4th, 4th and 5th. And yeah, as you said, uh, the second night, last night, uh, finishing up what we talked about the other day. What Do you want to run down this card? Yeah, let's There's do the card really major. quick because we yeah. recorded after night one right away. like Within five mm-hmm. minutes of the show being over, we started to record. I wanted to put pause on this because... What happened last night, to me, changed everything (laughs) when it comes to professional wrestling. So let's run through the card. The show started out, I want to say, with the strongest first match ever, if it was night one and the Daniel Bryan-WrestleMania 30 match didn't exist. Um, You know, I I even put it above that. I think that that one really works because it's a two... Part one of two. This one was just a. They told a really good story. They had time, and it was, you know, two of the con- the company's biggest stars, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, you know, they gave them twenty minutes, which is more than uh, double what Becky and Shayna got the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, told a good story here as far as Charlotte working the the knee of uh, the uh, the young upstart Rhea Ripley uh, to win the NXT Championship. Um, this one was interesting because this is definitely a match that the whole story was put in motion uh, in the before times. This the the whole <laughs> point of this whole story is basically before to times. get. Well, I mean, when things were still going to progress and were sure, sure, recorded, sure, 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 sure. Uh, the whole point of this storyline is basically Charlotte going down at NXT. She's she's won everything. She has every record. They give her every kind of accolade and first they can. Uh, so the only thing left to do is go back to NXT. Uh, now that that's on. USA on Mondays, 8, 8 p.m. against AEW. Um, Wednesdays. Against, on Wednesdays. Down. You're mixing up days. What, what NXT I is on Wednesdays. You said Mondays. Okay, yes. Well, uh, that's the longest running something or other. But, yes, on Wednesdays. Um, and so Charlotte challenged Rhea Ripley, a uh, 23-year-old from Australia, um, a real star, uh, I think, are, already. They, they see that, um, like like Charlotte, physically imposing blonde but also uh conventionally attractive and uh a real real charisma um and the story only worked if charlotte wins this and the point being that she would go down and then be on nxt on wednesdays give some more star power 
um, as they consistently lose to AEW uh, in the TV ratings, which they can say doesn't matter. It's their their minor league brand against AEW's main show, but obviously it bothers them. So they they're going to send down one of their biggest stars. Um, you know, she's uh, Charlotte's thirty four. She's been on the the since the women's revolution in 2015 she's been their top female star she's kind of done everything she can there um so it totally makes sense um you know to to kind of it's not a it's a promotion by demotion so yeah this this thing kind of ended the way it had to more importantly it was great yes there was no uh, real flaws and this is one of the few that i think might have benefited from having no crowd because without a crowd it made everything move a little bit quicker because there was there yeah. wasn't any real reason to sell for crowd reaction. Therefore, yeah. this like twenty plus minute match would have, in theory, been like thirty minutes. And I think at this point, it was the longest ma- women's match in maybe WrestleMania history. Yeah, maybe one of the multi women was longer, but this was yeah. This might actually be you might be right on that. And then just little things, you know. There was they, and this is the kind of thing that that really shows without the fan noise, you know the the kind of in between fighting and like if someone's attacking you you don't just lay there and bash your gnash your teeth and bash your mm-hmm. hands against that you you slap them in the face or you punch at them or you do anything to get out of it just kind of the kind of little stuff that shows why i mean charlotte flair obviously in the peak of her career she's 34 rare Ripley 23 i mean losing here was no, no it was just great it, it was yeah. great it, it made you realize how good and how consistent charlotte flair is and it man the, she's the flares are very good at this yeah, it's almost like uh, her father was the maybe the best person ever to do it, um, or the top two. Um, yeah, and really sh- shining a light on one of their future stars in Rhea Ripley, and kind of this night actually showcased where they're going from here uh, a little bit later as well. All right, let's we can move, move on, on to the next one. Uh, yeah, the less said about this, the better. Aleister Black versus uh, Bobby Lashley with Lana. Bobby Lashley, best known for being at the Battle of the Billionaires as uh, Donald Trump's man. Uh, Shockingly, doesn't go over, even though he's uh, he's Trump's Trump's boy, as Trump said. You know why? Um, why is that? Because Trump decided to have a press conference last night that began at six forty-five p.m. and clearly cut into WrestleMania. I am yeah. convinced that Trump knew that because he knew Bobby wasn't going to go over. So he's like, "Fuck Vince, I'm going to go yeah, over." No one had no one had spoilers except uh the hall of famer donald trump and this yeah, sucks knows. because so, alistair black's my second favorite male wrestler in the company and they gave him nothing to work with and uh, moving on to the next match otis versus dolph ziggler company the ring by sonya deville this story we talked about this a couple episodes when we talked about kind of fantasy booking this was a uh a classic story a classic wrestling story of mm-hmm. you know two men fighting for the uh, affections of a woman and in this case mandy rose sonia deville's erstwhile tag partner um the story here ba- being that otis is basically the wrestling version of chris farley and uh, dolph ziggler thinks he's in the band motley crew um and mandy rose is uh margot robbie i guess um, one of two Margot make, Robbie's in the WWE. It's currently. very tough to it's very tough to keep. Well, two or three, depending on your count. Um, but it is tough to keep track. But wait, that's, wait, that's who's the, the three? So number one, Margot Robbie is Mandy Rose. Number two Rose. is Alexa Bliss. Oh, I forgot about Alexa Bliss. You're right. Alexa Bliss cosplaying uh, yeah, Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn, and then I think you were Liv. Liv Morgan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you only live once. So there are um, three. So this is Margot Robbie. I'd say number one because they're pushing her more as Margot Robbie. Oh yeah. I mean, she comes out eventually in this match in a in a 
skin tight, skin colored suit. Sort of reminiscent of a Britney Spears uh, toxic video outfit. Yes. Um, And yeah, this match basically is a story of two low blows. Um, Sonya Deville had been, you know, working behind the scenes to sabotage poor Otis. Uh, But she comes and evens the score and he leaves with her in his arms and he's a real gentleman. He opened the ropes for her. He just kept saying, you're so pretty, you're so pretty. Um, Shocked at his luck and shocked that Vince McMahon, who likes humiliating guys who are overweight, uh, he gets the girl. It's a class. I mean, it's a classic, classic story. It actually worked out well. Although in 2020, I would have liked this love triangle if it somehow was Sonya Deville uh, leaving with Amanda Rose. As a storyline they've teased before, Sonya Deville uh, in real life is a lesbian, and they've hinted at uh, doing an angle of that, not in a salacious way, but to tell a different type of story. These characters are generally, if not straight, they're asexual, and so to, to do a queer story that's not a punchline would have been interesting. But anyway. Moving on. Jesus. Uh, I just want to get to the good shit, so let's get this fucking... Yeah, okay, so this, this last night, the story of this uh, WrestleMania of what didn't work. Um, Edge against Randy Orton in the last man standing match went for th- over 36 minutes. Oh, God, this it, is the one match. Longer. So my, my wife was kind enough to watch one thing with me over the last yeah. two nights of WrestleMania. This was the fucking one. It was an accident. Well, you, you blew it. I didn't pick any... I didn't pick what she was going to watch. She just happened to come yeah. downstairs. She's like, I'll watch one with you. I'm like, this is fucking that torture. Is, and that's the real test of, of pro wrestling is the when you're watching something and someone comes down and sees it, do you have to change the channel like you're a teenager watching the porn <laughs> I, channel? I watch this from the basement of our house for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's, you should have. You should have because this match... Not only is it just not a good match, Last Man Standing, the, as the title of it suggests, uh, they get a 10 count. Uh, you have to put your enemy, your opponent out, but like it, it, these matches are notoriously boring because you're constantly redoing 10 counts. You're constantly having to raise the stakes of, well, one finisher is not going to do it. What about 100 finishers? So as they kind of uh, beat their way through the performance center like one of the, the video games, this thing just just never got together there's one point we we need to talk about here i mean edge ends up going over with a dramatic moment you know he's he's working on all his skills that he learned on vikings uh very dramatic does he hit randy orton in the head with a chair and he does and he wins um so there's a moment in this match where they in the performance center they made their way back to the weight room and uh i believe randy orton kind of hangs uh edge yes with like a weight with like the weight equipment like from the cables. Yeah, he uh, Ben Wadham. When, yes, exactly. Did that did that strike you when you saw it? As, Instantly. Oh, that's, how Chris, that's how Chris Benoit killed himself. Instantly. I mean, the fact that they taped this, even if they taped this a week ago, the Chris Benoit documentary we talked about, we've talked about previously, I believe, um, you know, Benoit's back in, if not the headlines, definitely in the front of mind for a lot of wrestling fans. So, you know, I rem- when we did cover a long time ago, uh, all the WrestleManias, Maybe the year after Benoit uh, did kill his family at himself, uh, I believe Shawn Michaels used the Crippler Crossface in a match and the, the headlining WrestleMania. And even you know, watching it even years later, going, "Oh man, that's a little cringeworthy. It's a little too soon." I think imitating the way he killed himself and his family, probably not. Like, why don't you edit it? You, you tape this. You so just if that it. happens in a shot, it. Hold on, hold know. on, hold on. If that happens in a women's match, I don't think I notice it. If that happens in a match of two people that came up through NXT, I don't think I notice it. But this happened in a match of two of Chris Benoit's peers. And more importantly, the storyline of Edge, not shoot, but the the storyline is 
He needs to be there for his family. Therefore, he shouldn't wrestle. That's the storyline. Yeah, this that was a real creative low point and just this is that's kind of what when wrestling is bad that's that's the kind of stuff it does when it references things in real life that it shouldn't but we'll get to later when it references stuff in real life that it should all right moving uh, on what's the next uh, we can go on match. unfortunately for a fucking half hour on this but let's move on is yeah, it the, it's the street pro the, the, this match only mattered for what happened after it's the street profits angela dawkins and montez ford the, the raw tag team champions against the thrown together tag team of angel garza and austin theory the new charges of Zelina vega uh, this got moved around a lot because uh, various. This is the kind of stuff that happened with the the cards being in flux because of people not being able to wrestle, so and not wanting to. My wife also saw a part of this. She came in about halfway through the Orton Edge. Sure. She was like, "This is long." I was like, "This should have fucking ended ten minutes ago." It doesn't matter. Yeah. So and I was, was like, "Oh, I love minutes. Selena. She's yeah. in real life married to this man." And uh, she's like, "Oh, okay, yeah. whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, she's sure. from Mexico." And I looked it up. I'm like, "Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, she's actually New York. She's." Puerto Rican in New York. She's like, but they bill her from Mexico. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you know who wouldn't like that is all the Puerto Ricans and Mexicans. And I was like, yeah, but Selena and Jennifer Lopez, it's the exact same thing. Therefore, yeah. I will always think of Selena Vega <laughs> as the Jennifer Lopez of the WWE. Totally tracks. Uh, this match, uh, Austin Theory, it's interesting just as like a guy who was basically in the Indies uh, um, five minutes ago, and now he's in a WrestleMania match. Um, the Street Profits go over as they should here, but the heels, uh, the cowardly heels, attack them after the match, um, including Zelina Vega getting her licks in, which causes uh, NXT superstar and kind of star of the Women's Royal Rumble, Bianca Belair, uh, the real-life partner of Montez Ford, to come out and even the score and get her WrestleMania, her first WrestleMania moment by just just housing Zelina Vega. So um, is she on Raw or SmackDown now? Because she needs to go to somewhere that isn't NXT. Sure. So when there is TV, well, first, the thing is, I think she actually stays in NXT because she was tangentially involved in the Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley thing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, she had done right. a thing where she was like, you don't even go here, which yeah. kind of went a little viral in the wrestling world. But So I think that's your money thing there. And it's funny because like Charlotte, the quick quickly going back to that match charlotte it's definitely like the i'm not you know like the the level up version of charlotte flair is rhea ripley because rhea ripley is at 23 like she's already where oh, yeah. charlotte is basically and so and uh bianca is basically the level up version of, of sasha banks sure. um she's you know so it's kind of interesting to watch them kind of their next generation is is already nipping at their heels so that'll be a good program if, if and when nxt uh continues speaking of sasha banks She's in the next match, a fight, fatal five-way elimination for the WWE SmackDown's Women's Championship. Uh, that's Bailey, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Tamina, and Sasha. Um, this was a this was also long, 19 minutes, 20 seconds. The story of the match is: Will the evil heels Bailey and Sasha, who are best friends, will mm -hmm. they stick together in this? Uh, Sasha was there for Bailey. Bailey was there not there for there for Sasha, setting up, you know their their program which this was which way happen. better than i thought it was going to be yeah you know it's kind of limited because the the roster and who they could pull from is limited the story ends up being oh we have to beat up on tamina because she's the the big like they they booked tamina like she was nia Jax plus andre the giant mm -hmm. and it just doesn't work tamina can't even walk uh so that kind of takes the, the break neither better. could andre so take that back that comparison was perfect uh, yes, yeah, so she is Andre. She can't walk. She's in a lot of pain. But Vince makes her do this because he has. Uh, he kept her father out of jail uh, for much of his life. Um, Naomi's there. Uh, hey, really quick aside here: Is yeah. Naomi 
the women's version of Daniel Bryan where there's absolutely no reason to give Naomi the belt, but every time Naomi has the belt, you're like, hell yeah, Naomi's great, and you don't really care what the storyline is? Yeah, except someone who gets even less... Somehow, I think they like her more than Daniel Bryan. They did it. Daniel Bryan's like come up, yet, yet they use her less. If that I don't know. Sense. Like they, I don't just. She's, she's like just the there, best filler champion possible. She's also, you know, if their their whole thing about we're sports entertainment, we need to get the casual viewers. We're here for families. We're here for women and children, and not just guys in their basement. No offense. Uh, you know, Naomi is the one that you put a gif of her on the internet, and your non wrestling fans are like, "Who's that? She's not my favorite." sports entertainment yeah if you're building the team or if you're the head of the like mattel company and you're like i gotta sell a toy i'm gonna use her i'm gonna use daniel bryan i'm gonna use the like both every man but like way better than the every man like people that could do these astounding feats that like yeah you could practice and do them but you're not gonna do that shit you're not gonna do that. she could pull it off and she's in she's literally glowing when she does it it's just i don't understand why like yeah she should always at least be in the orbit of the championship whatever right yeah, so this was Bailey uh, going over, like I said, setting up, a, a, you know, let's say SummerSlam if that still exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, getting the time that that feud uh, deserves, Bailey versus Sasha. I liked uh, it gonna, a lot, in considering yeah. I was convinced that like, oh, they're gonna have to give it to the like to actual thought, vet that's doing the salute. Like, nope, they yeah. didn't. That's great. So Naomi, it's funny she does glow and she's referencing in name really the show but like Lacey Evans is clearly uh she's Liberty Bell Betty Gilpin Liberty Bell Betty Gilpin's character on on Glow but the like not n- knowing that that's a satire so it's yeah you could you could see that coming and I that's how I thought they were going to go as well and then it's Bailey and Sasha feud because they cost each other the belt so this is interesting that they're going to actually make it for the belt maybe give Sasha another run I love try it. to keep her in the good graces we're going to skip the next match Breezing through this card, the main event of the night, a four-minute match between Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, singles match for the WWE Championship. Did you have any doubt in your mind that Drew was going over? In this oh, a hundred. I ton, ton of doubt. Ton of doubt. Because you okay. could easily book this in either way, and he's still. They're both strong. It does not matter. I think it was like it was perfect. Couldn't have been better. Yeah, I actually. I mean, I thought the way that they've been uh, setting him up was different than. The past ones, even the Roman ones, when it seemed preordained and it didn't mm-hmm. end up being, and they we did that, you know, a year or two ago. This one, I mean, they've got the WWE 24 playing right after. It really, to me, seemed like, if you remember, I mean, they they didn't have the chance between Brock doesn't like going to do his, his job, which I don't blame him, and also the job changing over the last month. Drew had a, another good story here of when he was in the company 10 years ago, and he was yeah. literally called, his gimmick was the chosen one, and he, he blew it, and he ended up in a comedy trio not even tag team and then out of the company and to come back and you know this is the they can you know and he's he's a star i mean i think he really has star charisma now you've got two new champions on your shows yeah drew mcintyre and braun Strowman. you kind of start seeing uh what vince likes in a champion it's a big big strong man Um, this is not an original thought i'm pretty sure marty and sarah love wrestling brought this up years ago but I can't think of a wrestler that benefits more from being in their 30s versus in their 20s and having facial hair versus cleanly shaven than Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Drew McIntyre, you know, growing the facial hair, not going to the waxer. He looks like, I mean, it's, he's a good-looking guy. I get it. I get it as, a, as a, your, your, big, uh, your big baby face champion. All right, finally, this is okay. this is what we came here for. I have notes. I'm doing this. I, I want to go through this. This like, is why I, I didn't want to record last night. Notes. I've already watched yeah. this segment twice. Yes, so likewise. 
I have ne- I've gone down the rabbit hole of reading about this segment. Rambling rabbit hole. <laughs> I've gone down the like I think it's like comic book something like did every reference in the in the nice. Firefly Funhouse match. Like I'm I never felt more seen than watching this particular match, if you want to call it that. Sure. I don't okay. So this WrestleMania journey or whatever started with me in twenty fifteen because the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup and I was so excited and then so bummed out because Patrick star Patrick Kane was accused of sexual assault. So I was like, well, I can't, I can't like hockey anymore. And clearly I couldn't like football for obvious CTE reasons and also the the numerous sexual assaults. Um, Baseball, not good people. Uh, The Ricketts are bad people and they own the Cubs and that's my team. And the the Sox are horrible. So uh, then the Bulls are fucking horrible. So all I had left was kind of scratching this nostalgic itch with WWE. And then you got the network and you turned me on to WrestleMania. So I was like, what if we watch and talk about every single WrestleMania. So for 30 consecutive weeks, we watched every single WrestleMania, and I've kind of watched the product since then. So that's six years ago. Right. So that was six years ago, which leads us to WrestleMania 30. So I was quite familiar with Bray Wyatt by this time, and I was also quite familiar with the history of wrestling because we wrote a book called The Donald. And because we wrote that book, we had to go down that rabbit hole yet again. So not just WrestleMania, but things like Saturday night's main event. And now there's finally a 13 minute piece of WWE lore that feels like it was taken from my brain and put directly onto the network. And that was very nice of Vince. Uh, <laughs> the fact that this happens and, and I will, we can talk about what this means for wrestling. I think we'll probably disagree on overall, but the fact that this happens, they've done these kind of films in wrestling and mm-hmm. in WWE, these kind of uh, films, matches, kind of uh, you know, uh, cinematic style stuff. It's it, you know, Vampiro had been doing this. Like they, I mean, they did one on Saturday night. We talked about the Boneyard yeah. match. Um, so that's not new. What what's new with this one? It really, in a way, that WWE, we we know the whole history. Fans know the whole history. This is a soap opera that's been going since 1984, and you can connect every storyline back. You can start from last night's show and go all the way back to Hogan mm-hmm. uh, which, which they did and th- they so rarely rely on uh, on all that material on all those storylines and that's kind of this highlighted what I, I, even though I like the Boneyard match the fact that the match didn't touch on all these things I mean you know to, to just diverge on that a little you know they had get Luke Gallows there Luke Gallows had played uh, Imposter Kane Kane is Undertaker's brother you have all these things you can do uh Undertaker's wife does the Styles Clash as her finisher. Like you could do all these angles and these the, to deepen the story, and they don't do it, and they generally don't, and they generally pretend Vince's whole thing allegedly is he doesn't really remember, and so he assumes the fans don't remember, and so you end up with why is this person acting this way? Don't they remember what happened a month ago? But this person is not their friend. Blah blah blah. This whole thing worked because it used these really rich history of these two wrestlers different generations it connected the dots it, it put this their storylines together perfectly and it didn't shy away from from this whole continuity and context so we mentioned chris benoit earlier and <laughs> chris benoit is the man that shall not be named in wwe that being said there are a few other people that vince doesn't really like to mention one of them is clearly cm punk and the fact that there's even a clip of cm punk in this thing is fucking amazing to me yeah 
I mean, this and this I feel like they had a lot of whoever produced this. They had a lot of leeway, you know. Uh, Bray Wyatt, he's the son of uh, Irvin Arshayster. He's a grew up in the business. He's like a third generation wrestler. He's a fan. Cena, as they allude to in this, he's a lifelong fan. They know this stuff. They speak this language. You know, they've done this type of stuff. If you remember when they did the the Southpaw wrestling, the fake yeah, 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 80s yeah. promotion, they've they've played with this stuff before for just for straight comedy. And this has kind of comedy that actually worked. There was stuff that's actually funny and not just, oh, it's funny if you're wrestling. And there's stuff that I think worked in this. But we could just go, run through it because it really is, you know, we talked about which director should do it. Who who did you pick for this one? I said Chris Cunningham, the man famous for Apex Twins videos. I know you said David Lynch, and, sure, I, and that was the, the that was the layup, and this yeah. ends up yeah being so, kind of Katao Sakura, who does you know Eric Andre and Tim and Eric stuff, channeling David Lynch, and this is what you get. I um, think that yeah. there's one specific shot that I tweeted out earlier. It's really it's towards the stars in like the first minute of John Cena alone in darkness, bathed in mm-hmm. black. It's like shot for shot from Twin Peaks season season yeah. three, episode 18, where all of a sudden McLaughlin is in all black and then he's in a new world type of thing. That's what happened here. This is amazing. You go, go Just start this thing. Yeah. So basically it starts in the empty arena and it's John Cena doing his gimmick, and, but there's no crowd. And he's clearly uh, out of sorts because he's he has to break the – he always breaks the fourth wall, but now that's the fourth wall is totally gone. So he says the – Welcome to WrestleMania line that Vince used to say, and they're intercutting. There's a lot of quick. It's the very the MTV editing, but it's something that the the Wyatt videos of o, vignettes have always used. So he says, "Welcome to WrestleMania," but you're seeing Vince say it, and you're seeing Mean Gene say it, uh, and all of a sudden we're not in WrestleMania anymore. We're in the Firefly Funhouse, and Bray is there. He's got his puppets, um, and he's saying that tonight this match is going to be another realm that exists beyond our comprehension, a world where our darkest urges are no longer kept secret. Um, and he's going to make John Cena face his most dangerous opponent yet himself. Um, so he goes through his abandoned all hope ye who exit here door and Cena's in the fun house. So now like we're definitely, we're just doing black lodge stuff here, right? Oh, I it's mean, clearly black yeah. lodge, but this is once again, not an original idea. Wrestling Twitter had already uh, previewed this, but uh, two things. Instantly, as soon as Cena goes into the lodge, we're referring to the funhouse as the lodge from here mm-hmm. on out. The scariest thing for a wrestler to do is to go to therapy, number one. <laughs> and the whole let me in thing, oh, we're just talking about the psyche? That's all Bray's thing is? like that's So that's his entire gimmick. He's just he's like a really good therapist. That's it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a pretty scary, you know, often the heel is right. That's you know, It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's so, so fucking simple. Yeah, the... You know, he's uh, John's dealing with the rat, the uh, the puppets, the rambling rabbit. Who I was an Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan. He has the same voice as one of the little uh, rectangular aliens, Ignignock and Air. Um, oh yeah, it's it, that it's that one. I kept thinking it was Meatwad. No, you're right. Not, no, and it's not a connection. But do you remember? We've talked about this before. Those stencils or um, yeah, 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 pictures of those. There was a bomb scare in what city? Oh, I don't know. Boston. Oh, uh, where's shit. John Cena from? So Boston. I don't think that's why, because they've been doing that voice. But if we're looking for all the connecting the dots here, so now Cena in the in the the lodge, he's confronted by the the Vince McMahon puppet. I don't know what they call it, Mr. Boss with, Man with, or Mick Boss, Mr. Mick Boss Man. 
Mr. McBoss Man with Devil's Horns, who's definitely Vince McMahon, uh, who then recites basically a abridged version of the Ruthless Aggression speech from June 2000, June 24, 2002. Um, and he had originally said this, you know, in the ring. This is after WWE has acquired WCW, ECW. He's saying this to his, you know, the, the major stars of the previous era have gone. Stone Cold's gone, Rock's gone. He's looking for a new star, and he's asking who who has the ruthless aggression to to be my new star. And now, Chris, goes, you might not know this, but there's an entire series that started right after Royal Rumble uh, called crazy. Ruthless Aggression. You know the WWE Network? <laughs> so th- this is if you've been watching the network at all. In the last like two to three months, this is what they've been pushing. Yeah, and it's funny to watch the if you watch the original because they're not chanting for uh, you know who ends up being the ruthless aggression star. They're chanting for RVD, and they're giving big cheers for Trish Stratus. And there's a lot, you know, it's definitely a, a different landscape. So three days later on SmackDown, Kurt Angle issued an open challenge. And that's what this cuts to is Bray Wyatt. And, you know, this is once again, they're doing the quick edits back and forth. He's now reciting Angle's promo. Who, you know, who's going to challenge me? And then he asks, John Cena shows up, but it's not the John Cena we know now. It's not the, the you know, dresses like a 10 year old. It's prototype John Cena. It's John Cena uh, in little uh, booty shorts. Um, different haircut because he didn't uh, not I don't for continuity he wasn't going to shave his new ha- uh, haircut into that regrettable early 2000s hair he had but he comes out he's in front of the Smackdown fist which I'm really glad they brought out of storage and uh, he comes down and he has ruthless aggression he's going to attack Bray Wyatt and then th- that's when we get our Nikki Bella dig in at Cena as well yeah. So he also, this is where you get a couple of work shoot things. And this is the kind of stuff that wrestling fans eat up is the work shoot is the things that are, are staged, but they're, they're winking at a reality, a behind the scenes reality or the assumption of a re- reality. So he says, Bray says, you can't look, but you can't touch. And then he also says, Oh, I can see why you almost got fired. And that's, that's true. I mean, at this stage, the prototype gimmick, even though he kind of came out strong, they gave him the rub of, he loses to angle, but angle shakes his hand and he goes back and all the vets, including, uh, uh, taker. Me, Mark Calloway, uh, Undertaker, they all give him the fist bump and say, you're, you know, you're the man now, John. And uh, but yeah, he almost did get fired until we'll get we'll get to what happened eventually there. So this um, is this is why it's for me, because I don't give a shit about the in-ring product. So this is everything except the in-ring product to it, like on steroids. No pun intended. So is that even a punt? Whatever. Is, Speaking of on steroids, that's the next part. We're flashing through. He's asking John, "Did you even want to do this?" And they're flashing to these home movies that they've used ad nauseum of John Cena, you know, a, a young wrestling fan growing up in the rock and wrestling era, with his, you know, watching Hogan, watching these guys. And then and they, they play the Saturday it, Night's main yeah. event intro, which features my favorite wrestler of all time, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Tamina's dad. There you go. Uh, only one of them is a murderer, and only one of them was in half blackface. So this they, they not only add, you know, Bray's cast characters to the intro, but now we cut and we're using the VHS effects, and Bray cuts an '80s Hogan. This is important that he cuts an '80s style Hulk Hogan promo. Mm-hmm. Even non wrestling fans, this is the most iconic style of promo. Talking about your pythons, talking about your guns, talking about, you know, everything he says in this. He he says a line there too. This is another work shoot thing. We're saying about how. It's all about having muscles. It's no matter what talent you possess. Uh, and that's been the consistent dig uh, at John Cena 
And then they bring out, and then Bray brings out his tag team partner, John Largeman. No, John Large Meat. John Large Meat. It's even better. I apologize. Oh yeah. So this is it's even better because first of all, he also says, I don't know if you caught this reference, but he basically says a version of for the women that want to, the the men want to be him and the women come to see him. Mm -hmm. Do you do you remember what that's a reference to? Flair, right? Uh, probably, but also Sable saying for the women that want to be me and the men that come to see oh, me. Oh, that's right. Uh, Brock Lesnar's uh, wife. Um, so Johnny Largemeat comes out doing an, also doing an 80s promo, looking as veiny as possible, um, like he got dehydrated just to cut this promo, and he's and he's pumping his, his biceps, right? Uh, this is where Bray is now kind of staring at him going, oh, my God, this is Johnny Largemeat. This is the... You know, people like the you know the the whole like oh wrestling it's you know so homoerotic it's that's not it's obviously it's also fake you know like that's the the it's not subtext it's text and the the fact that they do this like eighties it could be it's basically gay porn but it leaves his arms limp uh, I mean come on this is and then what does uh, Mister McBossman say <laughs> keep your arms up yeah keep keep your arms up damn it uh, but he also says. What you gonna do when you realize egomania has been running wild over you? Um, so we're threading this story. We're threading this, this, these Hogan references. We're threading all this stuff, and then we get to what happened after the prototype, after Johnny Large Meat, uh, and it's the Doctor of Thugonomics. It's Word Life, John Cena. I don't want to go too deep into this one because whatever. The the best part is uh, they they kind of mention them like, yeah, you hurt people's feelings when you say mean things about their weight. That's like yeah, really he, what this breaks down to. Says, unlike Husky Harris, who was the you know Bray's original gimmick, uh, it's weight I can manage. But Cena also is working this story where he's like, you know, your disappointment, you're blowing every chance. But yeah, Bray, because heels are always right. He says you're a golden goose, but you're not a hero. You're a bully, like you said. You you turn these weaknesses into jokes, and you do anything for fame. But you're poor, lonely John Cena at the end of the day. Um, and so, word life, John Cena. You know, throws a bag of nuts in his face. Um, once again, the all those. If you watch those promo, I mean, all the word life promos. None of they're so cringeworthy because it's it literally was him doing a Vanilla Ice, yeah, you know, uh, impression. And that's the whole thing that that got him his job uh, when he did that in a Halloween episode of SmackDown and impressed Stephanie. Um, but all those promos, it's all every punchline is is a like suck my dick it's it's really i think at this point we get to the the wrestlemania 30 version of bray what's that i think at this point we go back in time six now we get yeah six years wrestlemania 30 2014 we get the og bray wyatt in the bayou got the whole world in his hands and the whole story of that match if you remember was basically bray was like i'm gonna you're the good guy john but like i'm gonna he basically did the joker thing Mm -hmm. everyone's always doing the joker he was like i'm gonna make you break your one rule and he was like i want you to like hit me in the head with a chair like I want you to turn evil because I know it's inside you and I know you want to do that and that was going to be his whole thing um, they show the clip though he had all of New Orleans in the Silverdome brother he had them all chanting whole world in his hands and it was clearly even in 2014 that was the time that Cena really could have put Bray over and would have really made him a star um, but obviously it didn't happen uh, he didn't hit him with the chair he hit him with an attitude adjustment and that, that was the go home brother. So, in this opportunity, in this version of reality, he has the chance to fix it, and he takes the swing, but Bray's not there. And I think that's when we go back in time for all of his failures. So yeah. now we go back actually to uh, an alternate past 
we go to WCW Nitro. That's right. Which is the you know we did the, when they first brought. I mean, Mania had the the Mania that happened the day basically the, the weekend after they bought WCW. They referenced it. I mean, they had the two. You know, they had the different. Uh, they had their invasion and stuff. But this has got to be the most that like actual WCW Monday Nitro has been in WrestleMania. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, they own it, but it is this this kind of like. It, it's the thing they'd like to admit only that they won the war, but they don't actually like to say that they were losing the war for a while. Um, and then you get Bray as basically as Eric Bischoff as to introduce the coolest guy in the universe, and it's Cena as Hollywood Hogan. Um, and this is where you get Vince Puppet saying, "This is such good shit," which is just iconic. Uh, and it's great because this is Cena as, Ho- as Hollywood Hogan because that's the whole gimmick now is that Cena is off making movies, make you know he's he's in the Transformers and fast and furious and he's actually gone hollywood in a way that hogan didn't even though it was his gimmick um and the, you know he finally gives in in the funhouse to ruthless aggression he beats up what he thinks is bray but it's it's the uh the husky pig character and uh, then we go through cena losing consistently yeah his biggest moments his biggest loss loss to the rock loss to punk loss to edge it's fucking great there's cena sucks chance and then, but it's not just anti-Cena for some reason. Then there, oh, I sound like a fucking child describing this stuff. But and then, and then, uh, there's the voiceover, the recent voiceover. So they're pulling stuff from like three weeks ago as well mm-hmm. of Cena cutting promos on Bray. This could, yeah. I can't imagine who this is for other than us, and that's a bad sign. So it's actually not because we are. There are most wrestling fans are, are like this. Most people are talking about this today. The promo that cut from a few weeks ago. At this point, the fiend is attacked. He has Cena in his grasp, and they're over, they're they're uh, doing vo of Cena saying he's going to end the existence of the most overhyped, overvalued, overprivileged WWE superstar in history. Uh, so he he threw at Bray, um, but this time it's it's Bray doing that, and now he's turned the tables, and Cena is overhyped, overvalued, overprivileged. And he and Cena vanishes, and he's left the lodge. <laughs> and uh, Bray does, you know, Bray says, "Let me in," I think, and and that's it. And we cut so to, at the uh, end of the day, John yeah. Cena is Dougie. Yes. Uh, what year is it? And he he disappears, and he is now. Like that's the thing. Cena's promo said ending the existence. So I mean, they've if they're even in kayfabe and continuity here. If this is like, what? It's not going to be. This is okay. So we then we end it. We cut to Titus O'Neil who gets to do the shocked. What the hell was that? I don't know what I just saw. And that's and they, that's their cut to commercial. And then you go, what the hell did we just watch? Um, now we look at it from what does this mean for WWE and what, what does it mean for wrestling? The way that this funhouse is being pretty well regarded, even more than I think the the boneyard was much more divisive. I think this is well, the boneyard is over. super easy to understand. The boneyard isn't even new; like they've had take yeah. buried alive matches in an arena, which they really shouldn't have. And there's already, as of like three minutes ago, WWE sent out an email of like the new boneyard T-shirts, and there's five of them and two different posters. I don't think that there's going to be five different get? commemorative T-shirts about the Firefly Funhouse match. Right. So it's clearly – this is the thing. Like you were saying at the top of the show, like this changes stuff. What do you think it changes for them if they see, hey, this is actually super popular? Um, do you think they can do – pull this stuff off? Do you think they do what they always do and then they run into the ground or – 
I think this changes everything because it just means that there's something for people like me in wrestling, like specifically me, like no caveats. No, I wish this could have been blank. No, I don't think they could have done anything better. This had me questioning, well, why didn't Cena say something to break? Like if you're watching a movie or a television show and you actually break it down. And then I realized like, oh, no, it checks out. Cena should have never attacked the fact that uh, Bray's dad is IRS because he is trapped. He it's not he's in the lodge. This is not a dialogue like like that's the type of thinking that I had to do. And that's wonderful where the Boneyard match was just fucking rote. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And I, like I said, I enjoy the the Boneyard match for what it is. It's a their version of a B movie horror movie, and it's and that's and fine. It's not and that's and fine. fine. But the thing this is, this so much this this actually works, and it's actually entertaining. And it's you know maybe it's embarrassing because it's it's wrestling, but it really if it's like this is this is one of those things. I feel like you would try to show, hey, let's get into wrestling. Oh, hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. I, I know I turn people off by this. The but one thing need, I show people that they might years. like in wrestling is like the pipe bomb. But I always sure. fuck it up, and then I show five years of context, yeah. yeah, and that's that's what this has. And for fans, finally feeling rewarded for, like, if you followed a show, you did say for thirty five years, and you you followed along, and you gave money, and you paid ninety nine a month, and you bought pay per views for some reason, like, you don't want to then be told like, oh, that didn't matter, you fucking mark, <laughs> and this, and that's what they do consistently, almost as a point of pride, and that's what. You know when they AW hasn't been doing, and why they've been succeeding is because they don't uh, treat the fan with disdain. Uh, and this is the first time in a while that WWE has done the same, where they they actually they made something for fans who give a shit. But here's the more important part, probably for the bottom line: this took nothing away from the actual final match of the night. Sure. Oh no, it's just definitely like a you know this is the the wrestling as literally the circus you know if you don't like the, the fire breathers we've got the tigers and you don't like that we've got the acrobats this is just a different it's a different thing the other thing is two big strong men throwing each other around a, you know for four minutes uh, this is just different and I would say it, this yeah. was my favorite Wrestlemania thing ever yeah for sure I think by, by I mean it might be my favorite WWE thing I think the pipe bomb and you know, leading through the pipe bomb and the punk Cena match as just like a story they told from point A to point B, I think is is up there. Uh, and there's other classic stuff, but I think this is the one you don't even have to look back and go, ah, well, it was good except for. Yeah. This is just kind of. It, if you it really take indi- one yeah. individual thing, this is my favorite WrestleMania thing ever. If you go story. I would probably go Festival of Friendship was a little bit more satisfying and then maybe Taker yeah. Punk just because I fucking love the fact that they mocked an actual dead man. But this is a single unit. Couldn't I don't know how they make it any better. And, and I'm that's good. The, that's the problem. We t- we've talked about this before when, when you know Brody Lee talking about leaving WWE and how Punk had told him everything in WWE could be better. And that's the problem is they're going to do something like this. And, and unfortunately since we have watched all this and we have watched way too much of this shit, we know what they do next, which is that's such good shit. Let's do it every week. And you can't, I don't think think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Cause like, I don't think it's going to be nearly as successful as the fucking boneyard match. So I don't think they're going to want to touch it. It's like, I'd be surprised. I know they're not, maybe the merch hasn't followed yet, but I would be surprised. I, I do think they clearly 
they're gonna see they they are obsessed with their metrics and shit and they know people were talking about it and they know what people like uh it's the problem it's either they don't do it again and this just lives as this artifact of like this the weirdest wrestlemania ever or they double down quadruple down and we see this crap every week oh, that'll be interesting so yeah yeah so, so there's let's, no real let's tie the hold on hold on stop like, oh, stop is... there's a political connection finally we're 40 fucking minutes there you in go. This is the tr- this is the Trump 2016 election. Do like this is the this should have never happened, but it happened and we're here and they made the most of it. Should this ever happen again? Will there ever be another candidate like WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump? Will there ever be another WrestleMania match like the Firefly Funhouse match? Yeah. Uh, I I think this is a one of one. Uh like like the Hall of Famer in the White House. Uh for better or worse. Uh here, let's close I it with something s- tangentially related to WrestleMania. Uh, I'd just like to sure. point out, as of today, this evening, uh, Hulk Hogan said, hey, maybe we don't need a vaccine for coronavirus. So I just want to end it there that Hulk Hogan is a horrible, horrible human being that took down Gawker before the coronavirus had a chance to. And uh, good on Husky Harris for sticking it to the Hulkster in a way that he will never understand because he's a very, very bad person. And that's why I like wrestling. <laughs> Nice book report, I think. (laughs) And that's what wrestling means to me.